G'day everyone and welcome to episode 9 of the Pressure Point podcast. Another massive, massive weekend in the footy world. What do you think of it, mate? There's a lot going on again. I was, I'm struggling to keep up these oh, days. It's ridiculous, isn't it? I tell you what, that was nice walking into the Pressure Point studio this week with a smile on my face. Had something to be happy <laughs> Just about. Fresh off of Richmond win as well, aren't you? Exactly yeah. right. This, nothing, nothing better than recording this is almost, today we win. Almost raw, raw, raw emotions for it you, is. isn't it? It's yeah. pure raw emotion right yeah. now. I'm loving it. It's good. Yeah, very good win. It looked like the Tigers were back a bit, but. I saw signs, yeah. There were still moments, of, though, but they, were, they no, look good. Yeah, they had touchy moments, but yeah, it was, we're mm. looking good. I was very happy. Yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll get onto the Tigers a bit later. I don't, don't want to, you know, even know if we get started on them, you won't stop. So Don't, uh, don't spoil it now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so well, the, well, the big topic coming out from the weekend is, um, is pre- they were pretty much the last games we're going to have in Victoria. Yeah. Which, is, which looks very likely to happen. So, uh, so yeah, that Richmond game was the last game. Uh, at the MCG, and it's probably going to be the last game for the rest of the season, unless something dramatically changes in Victoria, which I don't see happening. Does not look likely. Soon. So, uh, bit sad. Uh, bit sad for yeah all the Victorians because um, obviously the home of footy is in Vic. But um, yeah, so as we, as we as we're recording now, all the all the Victorian teams are currently on the move out of Victoria up to either Queensland or New South Wales to join their their hubs, um, and yeah. From next week, it's going to be no home ground advantage for anyone. So it's just neutral grounds. It'll be good uh, to see. Yeah, it's going to even it right up. Yeah. It'll be good to see. I'm more, I'm more excited for the players in the sense I get to play in front of some fans now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just being up in Queensland, I know you know a lot of clubs, especially the Melbourne clubs, the big four especially, have fans everywhere. So yep. for them to be able to have their own supporters come down and watch, give them an opportunity to get some more, no, more raw emotion into the game, it'll be good. Definitely. Like you saw, I think it was yeah the GWS Hawthorne game was just on. And yeah. Like they had... Fair crowd in there, and it looked really good. It was just refreshing just to see some people watching the footy. Yeah, you know, it didn't look as dull as it as it usually does. And um, even the Brisbane game on the weekend, like that, was a pretty good crowd, and there was a really good atmosphere there. So, um, and that's only going to get better and bigger. Um, I think was it next no, next no the week after in WA for the the Derby or the Derby. Yeah, they're going to have a full stadium, so that's going to be really cool to see. That'll be unreal. Do you think with the Queensland games, um, I know the crowds are only smaller at the moment. Do you think they're still using fake crowd noises for those games in the broadcasting? I think the ones at Metricon they still are, just yeah. because they haven't made would like. There's not a lot of Frio supporters living in the Gold Coast, are there? Yeah, of course, yeah. of course. So, but I think from next week onwards, when like you know Carlton, Richmond, Collingwood, all that are playing up there, they can probably scrap that. Yeah, because I think they've got enough fans up that way. Um, which would be good, which would be really good. I think, yeah, I think by then Queensland will probably ease on their restrictions that they can probably let a few more people in, which would be really good. Good to see. Um, but yeah, so that that's that's pretty much the big story that's come out of the weekend and it's unprecedented. We've never seen this in uh, in our lifetimes, seeing 10 Victorian clubs pack up their bags and move into state for what's it going to be, four or five weeks. So, um, but yeah, that's all That's all happening. Um Another big thing from the weekend, do we uh, do we see a new flag favourite emerge? I think we might have. I mean, it all depends on who your flag favourite was to begin mm. with, I guess. But um, promising signs come from so many different teams. I mean, it's hard to look past Brisbane at the moment, I would have thought. Yeah, looking very good. They're very strong. Sharp. Yeah. So sharp at the footy. But they have played all their games up in, in Brisbane. Yes. Yeah, so, so far. Yeah, that's yeah. true as well. So that helps. Um but yeah, they have looked really good, and they really they did a job on Port, who we sort of considered to be one of the favourites. Well, they were up there. They hadn't lost a game, and yeah. they were you know top of the ladder for a while, and they still are, to be fair to them. But yeah, Brisbane sort of worked, put a number on them. Yeah, they look very good. So, and then even the Tigers showed that they're uh, they're not done yet. So 
you never know. It's just a it's a bizarre season. Anything's going to happen. So um, don't be surprised if uh, a real surprise packet does take out the flag this year, and and that's not going to be at the MCG either. And it could be good. It'll be good for the game. I think to see a well, like you said, a surprise packet win. Yeah. I think, I mean, depending who it is, but I think it would be good for the game just to mix things up a bit. Yeah. It's not your predictable saying three clubs that are tipped to win. So. As long as it's not the uh, the boys from Tullamarine. <laughs> oh, any, any, anybody but them. <laughs> All right, we'll move on to another big big story from the weekend. It was the uh, Jordan Ngoi, uh indecent assault charge that was uh, laid down on him from five years ago. Yeah, this was really disappointing news to come mm. out of the week. Um, obviously, it's been brought back up from a few years ago and... In 2018, it got um, brought, well, not brought to light to the public, but it got brought to light to the club and Dugowie, and they didn't have enough to charge him. But a couple of years later, and they've, yeah, they've got enough evidence now they've charged him. Um, but he's still allowed to play until the court case. In that's what I was going to say. What, yeah, what, were your, what do you do? You think he should be playing? No. No. No way. And that's, I'm not just saying that because I'm not a Collingwood supporter. Yeah. I, if you've come out and you've been charged with indecent assault, I'm sorry, you, you don't play. You, yeah. you don't play. I mean, I know already he had to go to the police station and all that, which broke club poti- uh, uh, protocols with mm. COVID and all that. So he will be missing this week's game yeah. in Sydney and he's flying straight to Perth on Friday, provided he does have two negative results from COVID testing. But that's just one game. That's, and that's, that's not even because he was suspended. That's mm. just pure unfortunate luck yeah. for him. Yeah. Uh, what about you? I mean, I think he shouldn't play. How about you? I don't think so. Um, like you look at the other sports around the world, and there's a player got it like it, well, that's been charged. Well, even players that have like a pending um, case still aren't allowed to play. Um, I know in the NFL they're they're really strict on that. Um, so Matagawi's been charged, yeah, which exactly. makes it even you know stranger to see that he's going to be playing after this week. Well, so, I heard some people trying to compare it to the Majak Door incident a year or two yeah, ago, whenever that was. Majak wasn't charged, though. No, Majak. exactly right. I was about to say, from what I'm aware, Majak was never charged. Yeah, so it was just pending a, the whole time. So yeah. it's a very different circumstance here. go has been charged. So yeah. it's, you should, I don't think he should be allowed to play. No, nah, I, don't, I don't think so. Um, yeah, it's, it's yeah, you're, pretty, you're yeah, breaking the law and going against the, the law. It's... You can't really let that, you know. The AFL need to step in, I feel. Yeah, exa- yeah. exactly right. Look, yeah. it's different if something's, you know, I mean, like obviously we've got someone like Marlon Pickett that's been to prison and is now playing AFL. That's a past life. That's, this happened during his AFL career. Yeah. And he's, you know, he's currently still playing while this is all going underway. He, yeah, he can't be allowed to play. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, we'll move on from that. Um, we only wanted to touch on it for a bit, pardon the pun. Um, oh, no. So we went to the uh, the Adelaide preseason camp. There's been more stories come out of that. Oh. It's just uh, the gift that keeps on giving the Adelaide preseason camp in 2018. This just brings a smile on my face every time I hear about this. <laughs> this is um this is unbelievable. Um, Sam McClure reported during um, well just today I think it might have been it came out that um some recent things that happened with players getting personally insulted. No no topic was sort of off limits with how verbal they got with each other and things like they were tie- tied down to a tree and had to crawl out to a rope to get the knife to cut themselves free yeah. whilst about 10 other players were pulling the rope in the other direction yeah. and then insulting them while they were going at it. And I know the Indigenous players were all stood up a few weeks later and, you know, had a, were really offended by it all. So I'm not sure how bad it got, but obviously it must have been racial at some point. Yeah. I'm, ugh, I'm flabbergasted by this, how it's... this can still happen at a professional modern day sporting club it's bizarre isn't it i i can't get my head around it it's just how that can happen 
Um, and it's clearly scarred the whole footy club. You know, they yeah. haven't recovered from it. They've had a mass exit of players. It's, yeah, it's baffling. It's baffling. I just, it, yeah, I've got no words to describe all that sort of stuff. It's, it's yeah. It's just disappointing. I mean, they didn't, they lost the grand final, but they were the best team all year. Mm. You, they, I mean, nobody deserves that kind of preseason camp, not just them, but it they especially did not deserve that preseason camp. They had a really good year in 2017. Yeah. So, oh. just, they must just really didn't want to lose to Richmond. Uh, yeah, I don't know. We must have, <laughs> The Tigers must have done something to Adelaide to make them go through that. Yeah. Obviously, it was a outsourced company that put them through this. Um, Collective Minds Leadership Group, whatever it's called, um, did this. But the Crows were well aware of what was going on. They could have stopped it at any point. For sure. So, yeah. it's, it's all good and well to point the blame at Collective Minds, but... The crows were in control. They're the ones paying them to do it. They can turn around and say, "No, nah, we've had enough. This is too much. Get out of here." Hmm. And it, and I, I want to know where all this personal information was coming from. Too. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, yeah, pretty deep stuff. Well, yeah. they were saying that there was some information that the players' partners weren't even aware of. That's how hmm. deep this inf- like you know, this personal information got. Where does it? Did, what did they force it out of the players and hmm. the higher personal investigators to get this? Where did? Yeah, it's it's baffled me that they've gone into this much depth and it's it's just crazy. Yeah. Baffling. Anyway, we'll move on from that. Um, it's just yeah, way too bizarre to talk about. Um, yeah, we'll we'll move on to the games of the round. So we'll uh, we'll go back all the way to uh, to Thursday nights. It was Carlton up against St Kilda, um, and yeah, I think this was tipped to be a one of the matches of the round. And um, the Saints from the get go were um, in control of that one. They looked very impressive. They looked very classy, very quick, um, and you know the Blues made. Made it made a mini comeback, but never really looked like they were going to threaten the game. Um, and the Saints, yeah, again, we've been pumping them up most of the year, and uh, they look like they're hitting their straps again. They are looking good. They are looking very good. Like they got the jump on the Blues straight away. They made Carlton play catch up footy, which again. they did the first couple of rounds in the season. Um, but yeah, you're right. They just got to a very good start. They're looking very classy and. Some of their players, just their younger guys as well, are just yeah. starting to look really, really good. They're looking confident yeah. on the ground. They just look like they've been there for a long time. Yeah, no, they've got a really good good team and they've got a really good coach as well in, in Brett Ratton. So they've, and they pretty much show the rest of the competition um, on how to stop Carlton as well. They tagged Doherty and they tagged Cripps and their influence was, was gone. From the game. Well, compared to the week before where Doherty had, what, 32 touches, yeah. was it? Yeah. And 90-something disposal efficiency. Uh, well done. Disposal, well. yeah. <laughs> I said it probably this time. Um, yeah, compared to that. Yeah. And then he got hardly any of the football against the yeah. Saints. They seem to have worked them out. Yeah. So they they, they, they were coached really well, the Saints. Um, Jack Steele's um, the ideal tagger for Paddy Cripps. Yeah, he did, he did a very good job. Yeah. Then. So there's no, there's no better player in the competition, really, that can... He's got the same body, um, same tank. You can just run with him and out-muscle him. So, um, yeah, the Saints, they've done that before against the Blues. Um, and, yeah, once once that happened, Carlton didn't really have a plan B after that. No. So, you, could, you, could, you could tell. You yeah. could tell that why. Well, their comeback, they were mounting, didn't really look like it was going to eventuate in all that. Yeah. So. Anyway, we'll go to the votes for that game. Uh, so we gave three votes to Jack Steele. Um, yeah. Obviously, for obvious reasons, shut Cripps out of the game uh, and then got, got a fair bit of the ball himself too. Uh, two votes to Rowan Marshall. Um, yeah, young and emerging Ruckman just was all over the field. He was um, he put in a really, really good performance. 
Um, and the one vote went to Jack Martin. I thought he was Carlton's best player. Um, was, yeah, just in everything. So um, he gets the one vote there. So that was Thursday night. Feels like a, a very long time ago. Seems like a millennium now. It's, it's such a long week in football with Thursday night games. Yeah. But I'm enjoying it. It's, it's good. Majority of your week, yeah. you've got games of football to watch now. So it's something different and I'm really loving it. But we'll move to Friday night. Collingwood versus Essendon. Probably our two most... Uh, Hated teams that we probably don't. So it was we hard to pick who we wanted to win for this one because yeah. really either way wouldn't have been happy. But the Bombers were all over the pies yeah. pretty much the whole game. Um, Dylan Shield and Jake Stringer were massive. Um, Jake Stringer came off injured in the last quarter there. but Looks like he might be out for a couple of months. Yeah, it, did, it yeah. didn't look good. But his influence on that game alone, he kicked three, I'm pretty sure. And yep. he, just was, he was everywhere. He's really dominating figure on the ground. Um, another issue for Collingwood, I mean... They went two goals with that two quarters, yep. sorry, without kicking any goals. They kicked a couple three in the first, I think it was, and they didn't kick another one to the last quarter. And that's like the first time they've done that this year. Same with the Tigers in the draw a few weeks ago. They didn't kick a goal, to, you know, for the second and third quarter. Is that do you reckon that's an ongoing issue or do you reckon that's just coincidental that they've done that twice this year? I think it's a bit of an issue now that it's happened more than once. Yeah. For sure. Um Jeez, oh, I've spoken to a few Collingwood supporters over the weekend, and geez, they are filthy with Mason Cox and that forward line. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, they've got a few issues going forward. I think the Pies, um, but they're absolutely stacked everywhere else. Everywhere else along the ground, um, it's just inside fifty. They, I don't know. They just like they've got some good players inside fifty. It's just the the way they're functioning is just doesn't seem to be working well for them. Yeah, definitely. And speaking of Mason Cox, I feel like it is worth touching on as well. The um, the racial and verbal abuse that went out to Travis Varco and Mason Cox over the weekend. Another disgusting act of, I think someone called Varco a chimp. Surely by this stage we've learned and we're not, we're, everyone's going to stop doing that sort of thing. With everything happening in the world at the moment, you'd think that would just... you think it uh, would stop. you think yeah. it would stop. And I, you know I'm not Mason Cox's biggest advocate and mm. I was loving it when he had one touch it. You know, he got his first touch in the last quarter, yeah. I think it was, but... Yeah. He even he got verbally abused, and I think it just needs to stop. Yeah. Like it's, it's all it's you know it's all fun and games, and you poke fun at someone, but that, that they will take it across that line is too much. Yeah. I think that's going to stop. So I think that was something I probably wanted to touch on and just sort of you know make that make people as aware of those things as possible, so you can sort of stop them. Yeah. But I'll move on to the votes. Um, I gave my one vote to Brody Grundy. He just dominated through the middle as per usual. My two votes to Jake Stringer and my three votes for Dylan Shield for all the reasons mentioned before. Perfect. All right. So we'll move on to Saturday. Um, it was the game between West Coast and Sydney uh, up at Metricon Stadium. Eagles finally, finally got a win on the board. They needed that. It was, um, yeah, desperate times there. Um, they, ne- they needed to get a win in that while they were in the hubs before they go back home. Um, I'm thinking that's going to uh, give them the confidence that they need because, yeah, things were looking pretty... Uh, Pretty bad for them at one stage. Um, and it was good to see their, their best players um, in form with Nick Nat just dominating the ruck all day. Um, just, yeah, smashed a Lear Lear. Um, which was good to see. It's good to see Nick Nat in, in full flight. He's, he's good to watch. Um, and then, yeah, their usual suspects of Elliot Yo and Dom Sheed and all that came to the party. So um, that was a good win for them. And um, I think next week's their last week in, in Queensland and then they're back home. So I'll be looking forward to that. Um, but the votes, so we gave one vote to Dom Sheed, two votes to a Nick Nat, and three votes to Elliot Yo. It's bloody good to see Nick Nat back out there, isn't it? Yeah. He's been one of those ones with an unfortunate run the last couple of years, so it's good to see him when he's at his best. For sure. 
we'll move on to Geelong Gold Coast now, where Selwood and Ablett's milestone games were overshadowed by the injury of our favourite player at the oh, moment, Matt geez. Rowell. This really, really was heartbreaking. This cut deep. Oh. This cut deep. <laughs> it was just when we all thought the man was untouchable. Um, no, on all seriousness, it was it was obviously unfortunate to see Matt Rowell go down. I think it was a dislocated shoulder or something yeah. to do with his shoulder. His shoulder like, popped out briefly. Yeah, yeah. popped out briefly. Yeah. Um, from what I heard, they popped it back in and he wanted to run back out. Yeah. There. They told him not to, so yeah. that just shows. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry if that happened to me at 18, 19, I wouldn't play yeah. for um, I wouldn't play for a year. Like <laughs> that man is such a it just shows the yeah. um He's a beast. the resilience that he's yeah. got. But obviously as I said before, Selwood played his three hundredth and Ablett played his three fifty, which are massive yeah. milestones to get to the that amount of games. They weren't gonna lose that. They were no. never gonna lose that. They're never gonna lose that. And I just think yeah, there's been such um stalwarts for the club. It was just it was good to see them get that milestone. Yeah. But do you reckon Obviously, you know, like we said, we weren't going to lose, especially down at Cardinia. But do you reckon this was a bit of a wake-up call for the Suns? Or do you reckon this is just a tough game to win? Um, I thought the Suns actually played pretty well for for three quarters. Um, in the th- They were winning in the third quarter. They were, they were looking pretty good. They were pretty competitive. Um, but, yeah, playing Geelong in Geelong is, is so different. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's... yeah. So, but, yeah, it's probably a good, it's probably a good reality, reality check for them because they did have all their games before that at Metricon. So it was good just to, um, yeah, just show them where they're at really and not, you know, you don't want to be tooting their horn too early as we've said multiple times. So um, I think it's uh, I think it's a, a mini wake-up call for them. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. But well, as we were saying, they're not going to be back down to Victoria anyway. So that problem there yeah, was done and dusted exactly for them. Exactly right. They've yeah. gone down, tested the waters, it was a bit cold and they've gone back north. <laughs> so I'll do my votes for the game for this one. Um, I gave my one vote to Hugh Greenwood my two votes to Tom Hawkins with his three goals and my three votes to Mitch Duncan. Perfect. All right. Uh, so the Saturday night games, we had the Bulldogs versus North Melbourne. And, geez, are the dogs back? They're back they in are, a big, they are big way. barking loudly at the kennel. They, are, they look very impressive. Um, Josh Bruce kicked a bag of six goals. Yeah, so uh, there, was, there was a bit of, uh, bit of heat coming on to Josh Bruce. In his first few weeks there. New club, hadn't done much, and then comes out and kicks six. Shut everyone up a little bit. Yeah. Even myself, I was having a conversation with someone only about a week ago saying Josh Bruce really hasn't lived up to his potential at the Bulldogs. <laughs> yeah. Hey, there you shut go. that one. Yeah, bit of egg on my face now after that. Well, yeah. North, and on the other side of that, North have dropped off you know, since round two when we pumped up their ties. So a um, bit of concern for them. Um, I think, yeah, and then they played Cunnington, who was... Coming off an injury, and I think they even Reshaw admitted that they brought him back a little bit too quickly. So, um, yeah, a few issues with North there, but I think the dogs, yeah, it's finding some form, and it's, and it's good to see they're a very good team to watch when they're up and about. Um, but we'll go to the votes. So, we gave one vote to Tim English, he's having a very good year, two votes to Jack McRae, and three votes obviously to Josh Bruce for his six snags. All right, so we'll move on to Brisbane Port Adelaide now, the uh, top of the table clash. And Port were definitely found out. The the Lions are just looking very, very, very good, especially, um, or especially coming up against a team that was top of the ladder. And I mean, we, everyone had still doubts about Port, I think, but they just came up and definitely proved that they're probably the most informed side in the comp. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like everyone was saying, yeah, Port hadn't played a good team yet. They hadn't played a good team yet, but they have, and look what happened. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right. So it's uh, it's Port Brisbane. It's probably swapped there. Their um their spots really like Brisbane are now considered that 
the best, like the most informed team now. And Port's probably just gone below them. So, um, but yeah, the Lions are very good, and it's it's good to see. The Lions, yeah. Are, yeah. Well, I mean, especially they had that slow start at the beginning of the year, and well, I mean, even we was was sort of wondering if they were going to, you know, re- um, recover and have the same sort of year as they did last year. So it's good to see them hit their form again now. And yeah, yeah like I said, really look at the most dominating team in the league, and it's all you know, it's all made possible with uh, blokes like Lockie Neal, who's just that man's unstoppable, isn't he? he just oh, he's just he's a ball magnet. Oh, well, he, he just finds the footy so easily. It's crazy. I mean, he kicked and, a bit straighter this week. He did. Yeah, he did. But um, just yeah, like even in the shortened games, he's still managing to get, you know, close to 30 possessions every week. Oh, it's yeah. it's unbelievable. Yeah. It's unbelievable. I got to my votes and I gave my one vote went to Zach Butters. My two votes have gone to Jared Lyons. And for all the reasons mentioned, my three votes went to Lockie Neal. And who I think, if I'm not mistaken, is top of the pressure point. Uh, MVP award. I think he might be, but we'll, we'll get we'll get to we'll that get like to a bit, that. bit later. Um, so we'll move on to the next game. Jeez, uh, the uh, the bottom of the table clash between Adelaide and Freo at Metricon. Just a side note with this game. You know that they were showing this in prime time USA on one of their Fox Sports channels. Did you hear that? Do they not want people in America to watch? Oh, like they could have picked that, any other game. Is that what they're going for? <laughs> Ridiculous, isn't it? Oh, you think you would... I mean, yeah, you'd think you would... I mean, look at all the other games that we had during the yeah. week and you went with that. Yeah. Well, wouldn't you play Collingwood Essendon? I mean, the, it didn't live up to be a great game, but just yeah. by the name of Collingwood Essendon, you think that would be one of your first thoughts? You'd think so. Or even a couple of hours later, you got Melbourne Richmond, you know? Yeah. I don't know. It's it, well, That was baffling. Anyway, that was... Um, yeah, they want to promote the game in America. They need to be picking better games than that. Um, but yeah, Freo did get their first win. Crow's still winless and still pretty poor. Um, and, yeah, it's it was pretty obvious to see that, you know, Frio aren't as bad as what their, their win-loss record does does suggest. Um, and, yeah, the Crows are in big trouble. And as we were just, just discussing about the preseason camp, it's uh, going from bad to worse for them. Um, but we'll go to the votes for that game. Gave one vote to Brad Crouch. Um, he was, yeah, a lone hand for the, for the Crows in that game. Two votes went to Darcy Tucker and three votes to Andrew Brayshaw, who's uh, really coming good, the youngster. Very much so. We'll move on to my favourite game of the week. Oh, we're from Tigerland. It was bloody... uh, It was brilliant for me to see the Tigers back on the winners list. Obviously, we hadn't had a win since round one, so it really feels like we hadn't won all season just because of the break and all the rest of it. Just for anyone... uh, not watching us on YouTube. You're uh, you're wearing a massive Richmond T-shirt and a Richmond beanie. Oh, just in case, just in case the viewers watching <laughs> on YouTube case. didn't know who I supported, <laughs> I just wanted to get the message across loud and clear. Yeah. But um, I'm obviously very happy today. It was good to see. It was good to see Richmond play their um, their brand of footy again. Um, I thought our skills were probably lacking lacking a little bit. We fumbled a lot and you know missed targets, etc. But um, it was just good to see us put that pressure on that we're known we're so famously known for, and it was. Um, you know, getting the ball forward and kicking goals when they counted, so it was good. But the uh, on the downside of that, we suffered a lot of injuries. I think we had um, injuries to Nan Curvis, to Cochin, uh, Tom Lynch broke a finger. Prestia, Prestia, the big one. Did an ankle. Yeah. Who's the yeah the big one? He went down into the rooms, came back up. You know, very emotional. Yeah. Um. So we're still not sure of the result and how long each of those players will be out if they will be out at all. But I heard you mention to me earlier saying that the Cochin injury is a potential conspiracy <laughs> that he just doesn't want to go to the hubs. Oh, no. It looked a bit like it, didn't it? Like he just said, oh, yeah, just 
it was like a bit of hamstring, like a really like mild like notice of the hamstring. And then you see him on the bench and he was just smiling and laughing and yeah. looked like he didn't really he wasn't really bothered by it. Well, he was quite vocal during the week about potential players yeah, not going exactly. up. And look, there's there's reasons. I mean, and speaking of players not going up, two Richmond senior players in yeah. Basha Hooley and Shane Edwards both aren't going yeah. up. Due to newborn babies, which have, yeah, is a definitely you know, of course yeah. it's a definite reason um to go to not go. But um yeah, Cochin being very vocal about it and then like you said, he didn't seem like he was too upset with the hands. Nah. I'd be very disappointed if that was true. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping it's purely he felt the hamstring. He's had a history with hamstrings. Yeah. He thought, why risk pulling it? I'll just take it off now and, you know, recover for next week, etc. I'm hoping that's been the case. Because if that's come out as a captain of the club, yeah, that'd be the end of him. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I, well, I don't think it's the case, but just after the comments that were, that were made during the week, you sort of, you know, yeah. you can make some sort of link there. Um, but no, I don't, I don't think there's anything to see there. No, nah, neither do I. I yeah. think we can move on from that one, but just to touch on Melbourne, I don't want to make it all about Richmond. Uh, another loss for him. Been a bit of trouble, Melbourne. Yeah. Well, they're sitting second last. I mean, it's yeah. not exactly an unfamiliar place for Melbourne supporters <laughs> to see their club down that end of the ladder, but yeah, it looks, it, that 2018 season is looking like a millennium. Yeah. Again, yeah. The way they're playing at the moment. It well, just, I mean... They looked no. They looked not at one stage in that game that they looked like they were going to. I mean, they made a little bit of a comeback, but they never really looked dangerous. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like it just shows that. Yeah, twenty eighteen was a, a bit of a fluke year. Now instead of instead of twenty nineteen being that year of, oh, they just had a bad year. Yeah, I think twenty eighteen is that one where it was just okay. That was weird. <laughs> yeah, it was an outlier. Yeah. It was an yeah. outlier for sure. So. Um, yeah, definitely some troubles at Melbourne and they're really good to find a way. It was even their key players that were making mistakes at key moments. And I know in the last quarter, I remember a, a very memorable one, um, Clayton Oliver was trying to hit up Christian Petrarca in the middle of the ground. Yeah. S- simple, simple kick, turned it over. Richmond went to straight down the other end, kicked a goal yeah. out of it. Um, you know, that which kind of silenced any comeback that might have been trying yeah, to mount. That was it. So yeah. that, and that was it. And that sealed the game for the Tigers. So just little things like that that were happening throughout the game, I think really, you know, really hurt the D's. And I'll uh, go to my votes for that one. I've given my one vote, which a bit controversial maybe, but my one vote to our Richmond's first game at Jake Arts. I thought he was everywhere, all over the ground and dominated. Well, not dominated, but had a really good game, especially for his first game of AFL footy. My two votes went to Michael Hibbert. He just had so much of it. And my three votes went to the milestone man in his 100th game, Kane Lambert. The Lamborghini. Very good. Very impressive game by him. 27 touches and yeah. three goals is pretty handy. Yeah. So underrated. Oh, big yeah. time. He's very important at Richmond. Yeah. A lot of people look past him. So yeah. good to see him get recognition. Cool. All right. So we'll move on to the last game of the round. Uh, it was between GWS and Hawthorne up at Giants Stadium. Um, and yeah, the Giants had a, a very comfortable win. Uh, Hawthorne did threaten a little bit late in the third quarter, but um, the Giants just looked way too strong. Um, and they look like they're finding some form as well. It looks like they're... You know, the, the teams that we sort of expected to do well this season are starting to find some form now and um, and rise up the ladder. So um, the Giants appear to be doing that. Um, Harry Perriman's having an outstanding year for the Giants. He's uh, right up there in our voting for the pressure point medal. He's, he's having a brilliant year. Um, he's racking up the footy, kicking goals. I think he's pretty high up on the Coleman medal as well. So um, he's one that's come out of nowhere. Um, and then you've got Nick Haynes, who's... yeah. One of the best defenders in the comp. He's just marking everything, and he, he racks up a lot of the footy as well. So, um, yeah, I think the Giants are, are coming good now, and I think it's uh, yeah, I think they're going to make a pretty pretty serious charge for that flag that they missed out on last year. 
Yeah, definitely. It took them a while to hit their groove, but they're definitely back and rolling at the moment. For sure. Um, and the votes for the game. So I gave one vote to Josh Kelly, who's, yeah, that was his best game for a very long time. Uh, two votes to Nick Haynes and three votes to the man, Harry Perriman. So that is all the games. That is all the games. Um, there were a lot of talking points through them. Um, obviously, as we just said, yeah, a lot of the big dogs are starting to starting to rise to the top now. Um, but we'll move on to our uh, debate for the episode. Uh, you can find this on our socials. Is Gary Ablett Jr. the greatest player of all time? What do you think? It's a tough one, isn't it? I think his old man is. You think his old man is? Yeah. And I think he, Junior's not far behind. Yeah. Mm, I can see that. I, I'm very... I find it hard with these sort of questions because the generations are so different yeah. that I feel it's... Yeah. For me, it's just so hard to compare. I mean, his old man tore apart the competition in yeah. his day, but the game is very different to what it was in the 90s yeah. when his dad was playing. So, I don't know. For me, it's hard to say. I think... Greatest player of the modern era? Definitely, yeah, definitely. I think definitely. Definitely. And I mean, of all time, he's 100% in the contention yeah. for it. I probably couldn't say yes or no to that one. Yeah, it's, it's too hard for it's me. It's a tough one, but just shows you, you know, 350 games on the weekend. He's, you know, one flags, he's one Brownlows at two clubs, one of them including the Gold Coast. Yeah, you know, which like, no one should exactly. ever want a Brownlow. Just shows down how there, good you are. Except Matt Rowe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, but yeah, check out our, um, our Instagram stories as, as we do for every episode and, um, and vote there. And, you know, if you've got someone else that you think is, uh, is worthy of it, just let us know and uh, we'll, uh, we'll take on that feedback. Um, but, yeah, that's all, we've, uh, that's all we've got time for this episode. It's been a good one. Um, we've uh, debated a lot and spoken about a lot of interesting topics, so it's, uh, it's been good. Um, but, yeah, we've we'll, uh, got our big uh, – actually, before we do finish up, Check out our social media for an update on our pressure point medal leaderboard. Um, it's a very, uh, very mixed top five on there. Well, and it is the most prestigious award in AFL football These at the moment. Players are crying out to win this. Well, a lot of the other um, you know awards at the moment have got big uh, asterisks next to them because of the season, but yeah. not here at pressure point. Oh, so is, we're far from asterisks. Our, our yeah. MVP award is very prestigious, and I know a few players have you know sort of asked us to chop them out with a couple of votes here and there, yeah. but we won't do it. It's no. purely based on performance. So exactly right. if you want to see who's up there, definitely go check that out. Yeah, so that'll be posted over the next couple of days, and um, yeah, and then we'll, we'll probably just do rolling updates with that every couple of weeks so um be good but yeah that's all we've got time for make sure you uh leave a review uh share it with your friends and, and check us out on, on youtube really appreciate the love and um and the support from all you guys and um we'll uh, we'll talk to you for a, a big preview of round six go tikes <laughs> yeah.